Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, how to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, how to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Have you ever worked with a nightmare coworker or boss? If so, I'd love to hear from you. We always need new stories for the podcast, and I can talk you through the process with no obligation that you would have to go ahead if you felt uncomfortable. To share, or even to see if it would work, send me a message through my website, samblacker.com. Now, time for a nightmare. Nothing can make us feel quite as powerless or as frustrated as when a friend or family member is the victim of a workplace nightmare. We want to rail against them, yell at them, say, look at what you've done. This makes you small and weak. But the risk of disadvantaging our loved ones further is often too high. And we're left on the sidelines watching a toxic person do toxic things to those we care about, desperately hoping that something will change. That was the situation Kathy was in when her friend and co-worker from a different department was the victim of a workplace nightmare. What Kathy didn't know was that the nightmare would soon turn their attention to her. My name's Sam Blacker, and you're listening to I Work With A Nightmare. So I started this job in 2008. I found myself uh, having a contract job and then I sort of started applying to uh, jobs around the city as, uh, you know, just an entry-level job and I had two little kids and it was basically the first job I got an interview for and they hired me. Kathy was pretty happy and the job was pretty reasonable as well just basically taking customer concerns over the phone about a host of things to do with, uh, you know, a, a utility. But while she worked in her department, Kathy would come to hear about another department manager called Laura Lee. So Laura Lee was basically a supervisor in a sister department who worked in um, as a manager. And I was on a different team, but we did work closely together because obviously our, I, what we did as a job fed into their position as well. From the get-go, Kathy knew to be cautious of Laura Lee for a number of reasons. We knew each other slightly on a personal basis and we just sort of knew to like, you know, not say too much around her and just do your job and, you know, whatever, but... It was good that I was never on her team because I I knew that she was a little bit of a, what we call a dragon lady, and most women in that department were a little bit catty and like carnivores and hens all the time because they're just sort of picking at each other and stuff. While they didn't work directly, Kathy saw and heard more and more bits about Laura Lee that didn't seem appealing. 
yeah, there's the way that she carried herself in the office, like stamping around and, you know, just, you know, telling people what to do. And if there would be any like shared, like social events, like a potluck, it was run like a military exercise and she would be telling people what to do and telling people off. And then just the fact that there's a core group of people that were always employed by her, but then any new, new hires would basically be, you know, there and then gone within short order. Kathy even had instances of running into the direct results of Laura Lee's handiwork. There was a few, you know, situations where you would, you know, run into these other co-workers crying or being upset or, you know, finding out about some sort of infighting or people counting people's sick days off and, and reporting them to other people. So you just sort of knew that you were just happy not to be in that department working under her. I just never really knew to the extent of how horrible she was until um, I heard of this story that I'm going to tell you. This story occurred with Laura Lee's department. Okay, so I guess that they wanted to up their productivity in this department, whereby they were supposed to be responsible for calling past customers. So they would be given a list of what they call their ATB or a list of past due customers that had huge balances on their account that they needed to be paid and they were tasked to calling these people. So they would go through their day and try to call these people out, but you would end up having conversations with people or, you know, having to fix things on their account to be able to encourage them to pay. So as all jobs do, they attempt to motivate their employees. The problem occurred with how Laura Lee chose to motivate her staff. So in order to, you know, get these people working to their to their best of ability, they figured that um, they were going to have a contest to see how many people can do how many calls in a day. And instead of highlighting, you know, the people that did the most calls and the most work, we would be highlighting the person that didn't do that many calls. Besides the purely moral and ethical issues with this, there were other reasons this method was just not going to work. And like obviously the number of calls you take is highly dependent upon a conversation that you have and it's hard to direct your your handle time on to be sure when you're not really in control of what how much that other person's gonna say. But the problems really arose when Laura Lee revealed how she would be highlighting those who did the worst level of work. So one of my good friends was singled out um, and as being the low, lowest, you know, person, like the lowest on the totem pole for how many calls they took. So the initiative was is to actually get like a Halloween oriented ball and chain. So that person would be called out in a team meeting and said, you took the bare amount of calls. This is your punishment. You were going to be, you know, sort of like joke saddled to your desk until you pick your call volume up. And this happened on more than one occasion in this one woman because um, she just, I think she had an ability to like level with people and ended up having personal conversations with them, was repeatedly called out for being the lowest call taker. Publicly and physically shaming a coworker this obviously had an effect on Kathy's friend. So my other mutual friend found our other friend who had this 
done to her with the ball and chain crying in the washroom and said like this can't go on and went to the manager and said like look at this isn't you can't do this in a workplace like this isn't funny this is shameful you're embarrassing her you know this is you know taking her private information about her job performance and like putting it on display and then ridiculing her about it. so then it led to nothing happening and saying nope this is the way we're going to do things this is good everybody thinks it's a lot funny we you know it's sort of lighthearted, but this you need to really push and get things called out so this is what we're going to do so the second co-worker stood up for their victimized friend even further so my very good friend who um actually had an in with the hr department ended up calling her friend her or this person who was high up in human resources who works in another part of the province that I'm in and said like do you realize that this is happening and like they're calling these people out for not taking that many calls and then actually shackling them to their desks with fake ball and chains for the day and the HR lady was absolutely appalled so of course there was a huge meeting among some management and uh, HR actually flew to our remote northern city and had to have a sit down talk with the manager and said like basically like your job is on the line here this is not appropriate if you need to like enact anything where you're you know having to encourage your staff you need to go through us. Laura Lee got a slap on the wrist but never ended up losing her job. Meanwhile Kathy's two friends ended up leaving over time. But while Kathy had been watching from the sidelines she eventually had her own run-in with Laura Lee. One time I, there was an escalated customer situation where I weighed in on, because I was going to the vice principal or the vice president of our large company. And I said, well, look, it, this is what's all going on in the account. This is the status on this and this and this. What Kathy didn't know was that her getting involved would stir Laura Lee's wrath. She has a rule down in her department that the underlings are not supposed to communicate with higher ups. You're supposed to let your higher up communicate with people who are above her. And she got so angry that she took the elevator upstairs and was going to confront me because I didn't know I wasn't doing anything wrong because we don't have those same rules in our department. But Laura Lee wasn't just coming up for a chat things actually got quite serious. And actually my supervisors had to put me into a side office and stand between her and the door while she was raging out and screaming at me and probably could have made me physically attack. Kathy literally heard things getting serious. Yeah, they're like, they're like, Kathy, come into the office here. She's coming upstairs. She wants to talk to us about this. And then I heard my supervisor saying, like, no, you need to go downstairs. We'll talk to Kathy about what happened. You are not to talk to her about this. You need to go calm down. Go back to your office. After that, Kathy did have future dealings with Laura Lee, but she thinks she's managed to protect herself. I'm a high performer at my job, and I know the role well because I've been there so well. So she leans on me to do things that she doesn't want to ask her team to do, which aren't her team's um, responsibility. So I find that, um, like, she communicates with me, and if she, if I say, if she says, call me, I call her. If she has a question for me, I will answer it. Or if she has me to call her. A client, I will. So she's still there. We actually, I think she actually, you know, respects me in the job that I do, but I don't think that she would respect me as a person if I didn't do the job that I did. 
But looking on, Cathy has watched as the toxic nature of Laura Lee's workplace has continued to cause chaos. There's a very high turnover rate for new staff. So once, you know, like when they have new hires in, like it's not uncommon for them to just be self-softed by the amount of like sheer bitchiness in the office there. And that she sort of like corrals them, allows that to happen. So she fosters a toxic atmosphere. And then so you get, you know, hardcore individuals that have been there for 10 or 12 years who all have the same sort of attitude. Like I've been encouraged to go work for that department in some cases and I've just flat out said no because I, I, I can't handle it. I wouldn't be able to handle her as my boss and I wouldn't be able to handle those women as my co-workers. I just can't. Kathy was lucky. She wasn't the immediate target. The nightmare was intimidated by her and her bosses supported her. But even she knows that it would be unwise to move into a position where she would be more directly under Laura Lee's influence. I hope you enjoyed Kathy's story. And if you did, I'd love it if you could give the show a review, rating, or mention it to a friend. I'll be back in a week with another analysis episode from Pete Havel, and then in two weeks' time with another full episode. Until then, good luck at work. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.